Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us! Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. He had this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you better now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk-ass boy he couldn't have no goddamn cookie? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't have no... And I'm telling your short ass, he can't have no goddamn milk cookie. Oh, shit! What's going on? Yakuza Kick Radio back again for the second time in a week. This is some wild shit. If this isn't like a good description of what the fuck you got with me, where it's like, I don't do a show for a fucking month, and then I do two in a week. I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't even understand, so don't even attempt that shit. Um... So, yeah, um, back to do it again, because I had so many topics that I, I still had left over, and I figure I could add on a few more, you know, by asking around, and sure enough, I could. So, yeah, I figure I'll come back for a second out episode this week. You might hear a little, like, pops and bangs and shit every once in a while, because my neighbors are retarded, and um, they just light off the, the fireworks every chance that there is, like, a party, a fucking... Like, a weekend happens, it's it's Wednesday, and, like, 5.30, like, you gotta celebrate that type of shit, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's just, like, like, a, 
a constant fucking need to like light something on fire that's just gonna pop. You know? Yeah, me and the family we make fun of them and we uh we call the one neighbor Whistle Pop because he's always lighting the shit off. And uh, we've deemed Fourth of July's whipple, Whistle Pop Christmas because <laughs> that motherfucker goes off on those days. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh. It's just silly shit. But anyway, I guess, you know, because uh, Labor Day is on Monday. So that's that's why. I mean, kind of like this. Um, so anyway. Um, Jordan Grace had a, a incident with uh, Conan, apparently. It went back and forth. There was a whole thing. So uh, Jordan Grace, I think she's built like Dino Bravo. I've uh, pointed that out to a few people. They all seem to think it's pretty funny. So <laughs> couldn't be too far off. Um, so yeah, she, um, first off, like, I I just don't think she's a good person. She, she draws a shitload of attention to herself. And the thing is, is like, she dumps it under the heading of like woman empowerment and, um, you know, feminism and, and trying to, uh, you know, say like she has a high high moral ground and all this other shit. Um, you know, but like the thing is, is the majority of the people who support women's wrestling are fucking creeps. The majority, like specifically, go out of their way to buy your shirts, or specifically go out of the way to buy your fucking gear. Like anybody who's buying like standard women's wrestling gear is most fucking likely a creep so because what are you commemorating which jordan grace match are you commemorating you know i I just i I know i'm not like a big women's wrestling fan but i'll still give respect where respect is due and if i see a women's wrestling match that's just like fucking insane like this thing is I mean, they they went out there and, and really did a great match for anybody on the planet. That's that's unfortunately for most women's wrestlers what I need to see in order to be impressed. Because to me, I, I do see it as one, and a good match is a good match. I'm not going to consider something a good match because well, it was pretty good for the girls. No, I, I'm saying like if you took that match that they gave these polite claps for and you put it in the main event as two guys, everything, move for move, execution, selling, everything, uh, awkward hesitations in between moves, and all. put it all in the fucking match. Every single thing that you saw in that other match, put that in the main event with two dudes. Are you as forgiving as you were with the chicks? Probably not, right? So to me, that's not a quality. You know what I mean? This, you know, you can't play both sides of things. You can't be like, you know, I, I want, I mean, of course, society does. However, this is just how I view things. You can't say, well, I want to all be the same. It's like, well, why joke around with my friends? But I can't joke around when you're here. So because you, you'll turn it into like a hate crime or this or that. I'm not saying to say blatantly racist things or, you know, whatever the case is, but you know, uh, and I'm not, you know, it doesn't have to be race. It could be sexuality. It could be religion. It could be whatever. But if you make it the person that can't be talked about or can't be joked about, that's not a quality because everybody's joking about everything else or everyone's talking about everything else. You know, and, and I feel that's the same way when it comes to athleticism 
if we're talking about a good wrestling match, well, then is it a good wrestling match for anyone, or are you just saying that because that's who it is? Would you have bought fucking, uh, you know, Tony Deppin's draws if he, wore, he, he wrestled that same match the same way? You know what I mean? Deppin's good. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I, I like Deppin. It's just the first name that came to mind for absolutely no reason or relevance. But, um, you know, I'm just saying, like, if a dude who can work a good match worked that quality of match, would would you be, like, standing in line for his fucking socks and shit? Like, I don't know. To me, I think that's complete creep behavior. But if your entire career is built around that creep behavior, as far as your your um, your finances go, if your finances come from custom matches and things like that, you are fucking paying creeps. Your creeps are paying you. Your entire career is being paid for by creeps. So you really can't start calling people out for being creeps when that's the only reason you don't have a fucking real job. You know? That's just how I see it. Because I I just don't... Like... You know, and and Jordan, she goes as far as to, she has a sponsorship with Adam and Eve. So she's a sponsor for a company that sells dildos. But she'll tell you in a second, like, oh, she'll she'll tell the internet in a second if one of these guys steps the line and goes like, hey, I want to do this with you or whatever. Oh, I'm sorry, I got the fucking, oh, I was on your OnlyFans and I supported your, I used your promo code when I bought my porn, so... I, I don't know. Like, I guess I got the wrong idea and thought I could talk to you like the other people on OnlyFans that I talked to. You, you know, it's just like I I, I understand, like, people are going to have boundaries. I'm not saying people should overstep their boundaries regardless of what, you know, business you're in. But I feel like you're skating way too close to the line of kind of the realm where it's okay to talk to people that way. You know, that the mild sex work or whatever you want to call it where not actual sex is happening but you're communicating with these creeps in a way where they think like you you like them because that's a lot of what what the persona has to be is you have to pretend like these all you're my fans i love you and this and this but like the first time they say something you don't like you're on their they're on your fucking instagram look at this piece of shit you know i just i think i've seen things jump from side to side a little bit too many times with her and uh it's just it's just not for me i I don't i don't think she's a great person personally um and um and i don't think she's a great wrestler either so that's the other thing it's like all the fucking whatever she's taking to get bigger than her fucking guy you know i know she trains hard too make no mistake about it but that ain't just training hard so you know, um, I, whatever it is, I, I don't know. I, I don't see it. You know, obviously, um, she's got a, a persona or um, an image that she can put out there. And, you know, as, as a physique, she's very impressive that way. But, you know, I mean, I guess that's good to just be like a walking action figure and shit. I just I don't get it. I just don't I don't I don't see it in a way of of value. Um, her whole her whole thing put together. Um, so she came out of nowhere and said something like, 
Uh, I don't think Chris Benoit could hang with today's wrestlers because they, he would never remember all the moves and everything. Well, I mean, you can't hang with today's wrestlers, so I don't know why the fuck you would say that at all because that's just my thought on that. Is I, I don't think you're you're at that level wrestling-wise, actual physically wrestling and putting on good ma- – I don't think that's where you are to say that still, silly-ass shit, you know? Like, Chris killed his fucking family, and, I, like, to bring it up about him, you know, like that, when you have a, a platform is kind of silly. And, obviously, that's where she went and started apologizing and shit. But, like, you know, first off, I think she's wrong. Because he's one of the only, you know, guys, you know, from that era. Because there was a lot of, you know, just body shit. There was a lot of just, like, dudes with big jacked-up bodies that they, they would put into those spots, into those top spots in the WWE. So when you saw a guy like Eddie Guerrero and you saw it, like, they were big as fuck, but, like, they weren't, you know, Batista. You know what I mean? It, it was a little bit different. And those guys came in as fucking wrestlers, and they bust their ass, Eddie Guerrero's and, you know, the the whole crew that came in. And, you know, and then you had, you had a lot of guys like that that, that were top-notch, but it wasn't really the top of the card on a regular basis until those guys broke through. It was such a huge thing when, when Guerrero and, uh, and Benoit won their shit. Cause it, you know, it was like wrestlers winning, like the, the wrestlers wrestler winning. So I think that that entire opinion is false to begin with. And she's just saying it for, again, more attention where she gets to turn around and be a victim. And then, and then she turns around and uh, starts donating money and contacts uh, David Benoit and and starts, uh, you know, uh, raising money for for that foundation to help the victims and, the, you know, all this other shit. So, again, it's like now, oh, look what a good person she is. But, but the whole thing started with her being a dickhead. And this is her damage control, and now, in the end, she's a hero. And then, on top of that, shaming other people who say the wrong thing on her fucking post about what she did to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, she's immediately deserving of a, a second go-around, but everybody else who says something, go fuck them and expose them. And, you know what I mean? Like, she's, she's real fucking weird like that. So, uh... You know, there, there's a lot w- with her. So that's just uh, I, I, that's just how I see it. I, I just don't think she's she's right for bringing it up. I don't think she's right in her point. I think she's a fucking weirdo for, again, spinning shit where now, like, it, it's still focused on her, but now in a different way where she's heroic, and I guess that's her her way of writing her wrong, but it's just always something with her. It's just always fucking something with her. So I don't know. It just I just wanted to touch on that because when it when it came up, I just felt um it was gross. The whole thing was just like, what the, what the fuck is she doing? And just the way she comes at people, like she's an authority on everything, and I just think it's too much. Um, from what I saw on the internet too, um. Dickinson looks to have Von Erie and um I don't know about um his his ex girl his other ex girlfriend but um Von Erie seemed to be kind of struggling with him him going to court with her 
Um, there was very vague statement, you know, for the most part. They really didn't, you know, outline too, too. You know, Dickinson came out and gave kind of just like a, a basic coverall basis statement saying that um, I'm not admitting guilt by not talking. I'm not admitting guilt by not answering accusations i'm not you know so just saying like look there's a legal process i'm doing that it doesn't make sense to just keep popping on and arguing with people online because in the end who's going to believe me is going to believe me who's not is not uh you know there's damaging accusations and i'm taking actions on those and until they take the course of the legal process you know this type of thing so then uh a couple of days later, whatever, Von Erie jumps on Twitter and she's talking about like she needs help to support her lawyers because he filed in a state that it didn't happen or something or else and that uh, she can't handle the, the lawyer fees, but she's hoping someone will help her, but she's not going to stay quiet. And it's just, I, I don't know, I, I just don't buy into her story. I just don't. There's a lot of what she said that to me is questionable. Um, she threw the physical in there for for dramatic effect, I think. And and honestly, it was the thing that that got the most leverage. But ninety percent of her complaint was not a physical thing. Her her entire basis on him being terrible and abusive wasn't physical abuse. But she tagged that on in there, and it was the only thing that anyone gave a fuck about, you know. And then when it came down to her arguing. She's like, you don't remember that one night you slapped me? And, again, like, I'm not justifying if that's what he did to her. But if you're talking about this history of abuse with him, but the most that we're even talking about is uh, is a single slap one night three, I mean, however many years ago. And And this is, like, again... You're not leading with that either. Like, he hit me so hard, I'm still not right. No, the the abuse you're talking about is that he said, like, women's wrestling sucks and stuff like that. Because she outlined all the different things that he said that were damaging and hurt her feelings and, and uh, you know, made her mentally traumatized and all of this other shit. And, like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't buy into the thing. I just, I just don't. And, you know, and then the girlfriend, the other girlfriend said something like, oh, he threw a water bottle, and you know, he's really big, so, you know, that's, like, some serious shit. I, again, I, I'm just not seeing, like, he fucking punched her in the side of the head on a fucking recliner like Necro did to his chick. I, I'm not seeing, like, you know, motherfuckers were beat up like Steve Austin beat up that chick, Deborah, Like, but these motherfuckers are still working. You know, Steve Austin is still being held... I have motherfuckers on Facebook who who put right in their little profile and shit that they defend women. They they treat women great. Like, right in their own, like, tell me about yourself shit. And then every time any Steve Austin is mentioned, they're jumping up and down, fucking quoting his shit, and they got shirts in the closet and all this other dumb shit. Well, which is it? You know? But again, like, this guy must be a total piece of shit because... You know, one time he threw a water bottle, and it almost hit me, and that dude's strong. What? I I don't know, man. I just think this is a lot of, like, bad relationship shit. Like, he wasn't a good guy to you, but, like, 
that's it. Move on. Like, he, he wasn't for you. He, he treated you badly as far as, like, the way he talked to you and this and this. I don't think everything's a criminal case. You know, I think there's actually bad relationships. Like, sometimes you wind up with a complete piece of shit or a dickhead or a bitch or a con or I mean, however you want to put it, you wind up with, like, oh, I can't believe I dated that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Not everything's a criminal charge. But when motherfuckers are getting, like, full-on, like, ripped off of cards and losing their fucking, their way to make money, I think it's kind of serious. That's what I'm saying, like, just as much emphasis should be put on the damage that can be done for false accusations as you would put on the actual actions if you were talking about an abuser. Because an abuser should be canceled, you should be thrown in the fucking garbage, this and this, but if someone's false accusing or trying to just put somebody's career in the garbage and they didn't really do anything that warranted that, well, then that other person should maybe take a fucking break. You know, that motherfucker should maybe be put in a penalty box for a minute. Like, hey, we ain't listening to shit out of you for a minute. Why don't you go fall back? You you don't get to speak at the fucking rally anymore because your shit is invalid. There's real shit going out there. There's real motherfuckers getting beat up. But we're talking about, like, this this little... I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, again, I wasn't there. I didn't live it, anything like that. But the the one who seems to be in the defendant's chair is, is the women. So, and usually domestic violence doesn't exactly go that way. So, I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. But I that's one that I'm not buying. Unless I hear something otherwise that's convincing enough. But I at this this juncture, I'm not I'm not buying that one. Um, the other one that I'm having a hard time with is Kimberly. Kimberly is like on a regular basis bashing this, uh, Zach kid, the, uh, I think Zach's his name, right? Zach something. So yeah, um, they used to hang with Dave Chris. Cause here's the thing, like that's, you know, the other day she posted some shit like, uh, I say the other day, it could have been like fucking three months ago, <laughs> but, uh, she had posted some shit about, um, oh, yeah, and uh, Zach was just as bad as Dave Christ, and he used to strip uh, uh, trainees naked and make them do drills and da-da-da-da. Oh, so you found that out after y'all broke up? Or you're just exposing this shit now because you're mad? Because you were still with him when that shit was going down, right? Like... That wasn't the reason y'all broke up because you were so disgusted and appalled at his behavior, right? Like, that that was all good, right, as long as he was still with you? See, this this is what I mean. Like, this, like, retrospective fury that comes out once they didn't get their way or once things aren't going so well for them or they see their ex getting a break and, like, hey, that guy was a piece of shit. I should try to ruin what he's got going. That shouldn't be so fucking easy. You know, and I don't doubt that fucking Zach kid is a piece of shit, but I 100% doubt that she just found out about it. I think when she was posting all those fucking Disney World pictures with this motherfucker, he was just as big of a piece of shit. So when you chose to ride with that shit and he's my boo and uh, Mr. Fucking Alien Face, whatever the fuck, question mark, symbol, you know. They they all have their little fucking secret handshakes and uh, it's it's adorable, right? And then all of a sudden one thing comes off the rails and it's like 
that motherfucker is always a piece of shit. And it's like, hold up. Always? So, like, <laughs> even when you was posting the thing, uh, okay, I mean, shit. Then I don't believe anything you're saying. Because you put on a charade for this entire fucking stretch that you said he was a piece of shit. It's just weird behavior. A lot of the shit to me, like, you have to keep the same energy, I think. And, and I get, you know, not everybody comes out about their abuse right away and everything like this. But this one seems to be lingering so hard that it's like she needs to be talking about it at all times. And I don't think that that, you know, I think once you put out there your story, you expose, you know, who who did what to you. I don't think beating that drum on a daily basis does good for your mental health, personally. So, I mean, it's, it just looks, it's another one with a really, really strange look. Um, I wonder what happened with Ian's lawyer, with uh, Ian Rotten's lawyer, if he's still popping off. Because I know when he first robbed everybody of their money, um, Ian's lawyer started, like, talking shit online, like, if y'all don't stop talking shit about your money, I'll have him file for bankruptcy and, and rob all of you and fuck you. And, like, you know, Ian never popped up and corrected him and said, like, hey, man, we're not doing that today. No, I'm going to pay these nice people back because they were the ones that supported me. He just, like, let that shit ride. <laughs> so I wonder because, you know, I wonder if everyone's still owed money. There's some people I, I hope are owed money still. There's definitely some... uh of the deathmatch gathering or whatever the fuck they call themselves. MDKers. (laughs) I definitely hope a lot of those motherfuckers are owed money. Um, Oh, the, the Monday night wars at Tremont's apartment. Um, This is some silly shit, man. This is some real, like, they're pushing it further and further into the the territory of why the fuck are y'all really doing this? To be like the rush of the crowd, I just the love of the sport, the da 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 da. Not, but there's like 65 people in this little fucking sweat box that stinks, and you guys are gathering there on a Monday night and doing some shit that you said that Danny Havoc thought of fucking years ago. You're like, yeah, this is the Vikings fucking playground that. I got from his notebook from such and such who had it, and I'll I'll carry out his wishes in this match on a Monday night in front of 65 people. Bro, what the fuck? I don't know. This shit is weird. Shit is fucking strange to me. Um, Brandon Kirk came out on this, the whatever show that this was that I that triggered me to write this down in my notes weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Um, cause that's what a lot of this is. It's just shit that I planned on talking about at one point. So now here I am. Um, Brendan Kirk got on the mic and said, Danny Havoc made me the deathmatch wrestler I am today. And I just thought that was disrespectful. You know, that's like, you know, it's like if the worst quarterback in the NFL came out and said, Tom Brady made me the quarterback I am today. Tom would be like, what the fuck? You threw five picks today. That's crazy. Um, that's the vibe I get with Brandon Kirk. Like I don't, I don't think he's an accomplished deathmatch wrestler to even say that. No one seems to have like awareness of their surroundings, of, or, or or a mirror, or 
like any kind of just awareness of who they are. Like I, I think a lot of society would be very well served recording themselves on video and then watching it back and seeing if they could notice anything that might bump the rest of the world. You know, like if they would look at something you're up to and be like, oh, that's fucking crazy. Wow, why do you do it like that? You know, like if it's still normal to you when you watch it back, then, I mean, maybe it's a bigger problem. Not really sure. Um, And speaking of that, too, I just don't think Low Life Louie's a good wrestler. I, I don't I don't think he's a good deathmatch wrestler. I don't think um at this point it's gotten really devolved down to just some like y'all wanna play some Madden. That's like what what Monday Night Wars or whatever the fuck they're calling it is at Tremont's joint. I think it's just like Yeah, you guys want to play some Madden or something? Because it's like, oh, okay, I'll bring fucking weed. I'll drink um, four Locos throughout the day until until the show. It's like, I don't know. There's just no respect for anything. It's like, who cares, though? Because it's just a gathering of friends at this point. It's not... It's not really, like, held to a high standard. It's on IWTV, but, eh, you know. It's just... It's all throwaway to me. But, you know, like, he showed up, and for the longest time, I really thought that Louie just wasn't my type of wrestler. But I started watching him, and I don't know if it was the Four Locos, which, again, that that's not an excuse. That's that's more of an indictment of that you're not good, because if you're out there fucked up and you can't, like, throw punches that look any good... Or are you, you know, like everything you're doing out there just looks choppy and slow and weird for someone who's been in the business for like 30 fucking years. It, it's just, I, I don't know why that's happening. But again, but that's, that should be the name of Tremont's company. I don't know why this is happening to O or, or whatever the fuck. Because every time I turn it on, I'm like, what the fuck? They're like opening with a, with a, barbed wire cage match with two fucking guys I've never heard of and this is some like real heated feud on a Monday, the fucking opener or some shit and you're just like what? I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know but yeah, I, I, I think Louie's a fantastic guy. I think he's a really nice dude. Really, really sweet. He'll check up on you and all of this shit. You know, you don't even have to be like following his shit or talking about his matches in any kind of positive way. Because I say, you know, I've said what I've said about Louie, and, and I've said shit similar in the past. And he's still so fucking nice to me, and, and you know, and it, to me, it's like, I just, tell, I just tell the truth as I see it. That's it. I, it's not a matter of, like, yo, fuck this guy or fuck that guy. If I, if I mean fuck him, I'll say fuck him. But with, with, with this, I'm just saying, like, it just jumps out at me as, like, this guy's just not good. Like, he's just, and it's weird that he's just, continuing to happen for all these years and you know the, on top of not being good like they told him years ago if he got hit in the head again he could die why would you want to put that on your family it's just to me like it's there's no value to it i can't cheer for it to happen and, and the quality of what's happening i i can't cheer for that to happen either <sighs> matt tremont presents why the fuck is this happening um, another why the fuck is this happening brought to you by CZW. 
tournament of death. What? What the fuck are you talking about? They just wrestled in front of an art museum in Philadelphia under a tent. They've been doing family-friendly shit since they've fucking returned. Or some version of family-friendly, whatever. It's been completely off the radar. No deathmatch fans are talking about, as far as, I don't know, not in, I don't involve myself in circles of deathmatch fans, so let me correct that. No deathmatch fans that I know have been clamoring for CZW to do something big. Of course, people are commenting on now having announced that they're doing a tournament of death back at DJ's parents' yard um, in at the end of October. Like, I think the day before Halloween or some stupid shit like that. In DJ's fucking yard, outside, it's going to be fucking freezing. And I think... I don't really know who's been announced thus far, but the all that I know of that's been announced is uh, Mr. Grimm, who's not a deathmatch guy. Like, may have done a couple deathmatches or dangerous matches or hardcore matches or whatever. Not a tournament of fucking death guy. This is, like, this is the problem that I have with CCW over the years, and it's just reached such an epitome of that where they just do such a downgraded version of what they used to be. Tournament of Death? Really? I just don't think people are fucking with him like that. So I, I think for the most part, he's not really going to get a great field. And the fans are not dying to see anything produced by DJ Hyde. DJ Hyde has been so thrown away by the majority of the popular wrestling community. Whatever fans you're drawing to that fucking joint in Blackwood or wherever you're wrestling... I don't think that that thing is being attended by the same people who are attending GCW or or Ring of Honor or any of those shows. I don't think any of the super indie wrestling fans that used to attend CCW are attending current CCW. So you're now trying to fish back into the same fucking ocean that you fucking set a sail away from long ago. And I don't think your motherfucking... I don't think you got enough line for that shit. I think you're too far away. I don't think you're going to cast far enough into their fucking ocean to catch any of the same fucking people. So it's bound to be a colossal disaster, probably be a one and done. And for what? You've been fighting so hard to get away from that image, and now you think you can dabble in it as well? It's, you're not going to top what TOD's done in the past, and it doesn't look like you're even trying to. At this point, it'd be very, very stupid to, because it'd be jumping from such a, a, you know, a cool temperature to such a hot temperature, or vice versa. You know, you're just jumping way too far. You're jumping from summer to winter, or winter to summer. You can't, you got to transition into this or that. It's, it's fucking unheard of to even do this. Um, the game versus Eminem. So this, this has kind of stemmed back for a little while now, the game doing clown shit. I'll, I'll talk on both sides of this. Um, the game has been doing clown shit for a minute. And the thing is, is I, like, I loved game when he first came out, thought he had a dope voice. 
he threw out a couple of those like long like 300 bars 200 bars he he threw out a couple of those where like you could tell oh this dude could rap like this dude could keep going he could rap and a lot of the shit that he was doing around the time of the documentary and even before the documentary was really hot um documentary i was okay with but they were more clubby supposed to be you know in the club fucking record selling spins from fucking djs on the radio i mean there was a lot of that type of shit you know it was it was definitely a more commercialized version of some of the street game shit we were hearing and um you know some of the shit he was doing with you in it um but afterwards like you know and i think the shit started back then because at some point he decided yo i could take on 50 that was a bad idea like why why would you want to do that and then your biggest platform that you had is now a burnt bridge and now you headed back fucking west and shit really never popped the way it did when he was out here when he was you know with you and it and all that he had he had some dope tracks he had a you know a couple of little good spots for sure but he kind of he kind of blended at that point and and i'm not really sure i mean if he went away for five years i I couldn't remember which five those were that's like he just didn't he lost a lot of relevance on the east coast for sure maybe he stayed out on the west coast i don't know i can't tell you that because i'm not over there but on the east coast he definitely fizzled and people stopped talking about him um so there was that but there's a lot of clown shit he's been doing. Like, he started popping off when um, they did the halftime show. And he said some little salty shit, like he belonged there, wish he was there, some stupid... And, like, but you beefed with them. You can't come back after that. They're still fucking with the guys that you were beefing with. See him upside down on the fucking thing? You was beefing with him. That you ain't, you ain't gonna be a part of this. You know? And... Yeah. So that that in itself was even clowny for him to even say anything, and and, and to not just be like, hey, yo, you know, shout out to them, you know, that's great shit, you know, or just say nothing, you know, just leave it the fuck alone, because to sound salty on that shit, it just it's it's not cool. So he did that. Then he did the drink champs thing, and the drink champs thing, man, I was I was annoyed at that shit because. The first hour of that shit, he sat there in a fucking ski mask on camera. They announced him as the game. Everybody knows who the fuck that is. Everybody knows his real name. You're sitting with a ski mask on fucking camera for an hour. This is like a two or three hour thing. After the hour, he takes his fucking mask off. Okay, why did you sit there in a fucking ski mask indoors on camera for a fucking hour like you were trying to hide your identity and then took it off for the rest of the show? That, to me, is fucking weird. You know, I'm not saying that, that that game hasn't done some real street shit, but that looks like a front to me because there's no reason to wear that for an hour just to fucking sit there without it for the rest of the thing. And then he started talking real crazy, just like out of nowhere. I used to think Eminem was better than me, and Nori looked at him like, and? And he's like, he's not, he's not, he's not. And it's like, yo, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure what what sent him in that direction. Like, he just just felt the need to, like, challenge Eminem like that. Okay, now let me just pause and go to Eminem real quick. Because I understand the hate of Eminem. I understand why a lot of people 
don't like what Eminem has done. I could, like, if the goal was to make Eminem accepted in the streets and accepted more globally by hip-hop fans, like, I guarantee you I could manage him to do that. I could I could have steered him towards the right beats, the right flows, all the shit that I knew he was doing right to appeal to that crowd, I could manage that. And I'm not saying I got some kind of fucking magic. I'm sure he has people who could manage that as well too. Here's the catch. He wouldn't have fucking any, like a quarter of the fucking money that he has right now. Not he wouldn't even have a fucking quarter of that. He did the shit he had to do to make himself fucking money. All of that goofy, corny, cornball shit, na 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 shit. All of that shit got him more fucking money than he could fucking imagine. All that shit got him different crowds that would have never fucked with him if he stayed on some street level shit. But he has lyrical talent out his ass. He could he could absolutely do that shit. And he he showed that in different times, so you know that he's capable of it. But he you know he was gonna play all over the board and whatever gimmicks were gonna work and whatever was gonna be catchy and catch on and make him fucking millions here, millions there. You know, it that's what he fucking did. So it's it makes sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to just go, yo, I'm going to just, you know, get the acceptance through this side of things, and I'm going to stay on a street level and all that. Like, who has more money right now, KRS-One or Eminem? Let's be real. It's it's not even close. There's no way KRS has a fucking tenth of Eminem's money. Why is that, though? Is that because the KRS didn't do, he didn't go outside the box. KRS didn't go, KRS had a certain way he wanted to do shit. He stayed to that boom bap, but he also stayed where he wanted to get his message across. He wanted to stay in this box where he sent his message and he sent his direction. What he, you know, what he wanted to say was what he was putting out there. Eminem was doing whatever goofy shit he had to to get motherfuckers' attention. And every time he did that shit, it made him millions upon millions and sold out tours and did this and did that. Yeah, I mean, so financially, he did what the fuck he needed to do. So I understand why Eminem gets the label that he gets. Every time you see in any one of these rap groups, um, who's the most overrated uh, rapper ever? Oh, Eminem. Like, Eminem's a million times over. A million times over people talking that shit. But it's, it's because of that. It's because of the the content he chose to fuck with to make him the most money. But every time he goes into a battle situation, he handles this shit. Nobody's, I mean, I haven't seen anyone fucking with Eminem like that. You know? And there was other people who were gunning for people. They always stayed away from him. That's not... That's not just coincidence. That's by design. Motherfuckers didn't want shit with him. And game don't game just wants the attention of the battle. He wants to go back and forth, back and forth, and the guy battling Eminem is gonna get a shitload of attention. 
R. Kelly, uh, R. Kelly, uh, Machine Gun Kelly did, and like R. Kelly, and pissed on him. And and after he did what he did, R. Kelly dressed up in pink and started doing rock and roll music. He started doing some kind of other shit. And got with uh, Megan Fox, and he, he's running around with her just being a Hollywood guy. You know, so I mean, that's that's the type of shit that. But so okay, so that that's my my feelings there, right? On you know what would happen or whatever. But now let's just actually go into the diss that game put out. It's called Black Slim Shady. The guy put on like a fucking eight minute song or some stupid shit like this, and. He, he, for the first minute or so, didn't really do much, just kind of set up shit. Um, the whole tempo of the song, he tries to kind of mimic Eminem, like he's doing like a mockery of him type flow, which already looks desperate because like, why are you taking yourself out of your element in order to diss him to try to put it in his kind of language, so to speak? You know what I mean? Like... You're trying to do an imitation of him just to make fun of him? Man, it's already a, it's already a stretch. So then, like, he, he leans into this, this thing, and, and he was saying that on the Drink Champs, too, that nobody in the hood rocks his shit. Nobody, nobody knows his songs. Nobody puts his shit on in the club. Nobody rocks his shit in the gym. Da, 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 da. Okay, so that's, he puts that out there in the song, is that, you know, again, he's got to let the world know this is how he feels, fuck Eminem doesn't go hard here or there, it's just not working for him, right? He spent the rest of this fucking eight-minute song quoting Eminem songs. What the fuck? That, that's not the way you would do it. So, the whole shit sounded like a fucking, like a fan that was, you know, like a fan. That was, got his feelings hurt. And then was like, yo, I'm going to diss my hero. And that's what the whole fucking song sounded like. He took his little shots at his daughter and shit. But the shit was whack. It was so sing-songy because he kept that fucking Eminem gimmick through the whole song. I really expected Game to come with some real shit because he, he's got bars. He was on, um, I don't even remember what... um radio or podcast or whatever it was, but he was on one of those shits. Uh, I, I don't even remember, but he was on one of those shits that I saw it on Instagram. And uh, he just fucking killed it, whether it was Flex or whoever the fuck. He was on there, and he just fucking killed the freestyle, switching beats and shit like he used to do, and just fucking murdered the freestyle. And that was leading up to this, this album drop. And he went into that, and I was like, yo, game is coming back. with fun. Especially when he started naming Eminem and shit, I was like, yo, he's going to bring some of that shit that I saw on that freestyle, and Eminem's going to have to come with his best shit because game could fucking rap. And if he shows up with those type of bars, this is going to be fun because them's going to have to bring that top shit, and that's fun to watch. So game came with this shit, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is not going to be the This isn't it. So I don't even know if Eminem responds to this. Because, I mean, 
this is the equivalent of um I don't know. Did he call it Stanibus? I, I don't know. He called it something or the Revenge of Stan or some shit. And Cannabis tried to come at Eminem. And it sounded the same type of desperate. He wrote like another version of Stan to like an alternate ending to Stan where he came back and, and was going to kill Eminem or some stupid shit. But like it went in such a like. I'm a big fan of you, so look what I did with your song, so fuck you. And I'm like, well, the first part, you just said I'm a big fan of you, so that's going to be a hard sell for me to go back at where you're winning a battle with me. Because you, you let in here on some real sucker shit. So, like, that's that's the vibe I already got. And to me, it's just a rap. Like, he don't, he don't get to keep fucking talking, like, he did so many fucking, he put so many features on his fucking album, the amount of name dropping he was doing. It, it's a real desperate shit. There might be some hot songs in there, but he turned me off with a lot of this shit. The, the Eminem diss, and again, yo, I don't hold Eminem in that, like, high regard, like, no one talks about Eminem. Bro, I'm not, I'm not on it like that. I got maybe two, maybe two Eminem songs, three Eminem songs in my whole fucking playlist for the, in the gym. Like, fucking 300 songs on that shit. You know? I, I... Like, Till I Collapse. Uh... I... I know there's a couple. But I, I think most of them have, like, multiple cats on it. And he's one of them. Um... What was that fucking one from that newer Dre album that no one talks about? Um... Medicine Man, I think it's called. That's a crazy-ass verse. That's that type of verse. That's what I'm saying. Like, you bring that fucking verse out, yo, that's the type of shit that should get hip-hop heads' attention. But the other goofy shit where he dresses like Robin and Batman and Robin and shit in the video, and it, like that, that's the shit that takes people like, nah, I don't want to listen to that shit. Um, but yeah, I don't... I don't rock it like that, but I'm just saying, like, you can't come with the type of shit the game came with, because game just looks like a fan now. He don't, he don't look like a, a competitor. He doesn't look like someone who's putting him on a superior level than Eminem. And the other thing that pissed me off about that album, too, is I'm, I'm flipping through it. He's got, like, 18 fucking tracks or something. It's way too many tracks. And then uh, the one track I saw, uh, Ice, Ice T featured. And I'm like, okay, he's got iced tea on his shit. Let me see, you know, West Coast fucking hookup and shit. And uh, let me let me let me see what goes on. And I turn it on, the beat's hot and this and this. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, he just brought iced tea on here to do an entire verse from Colors, like word for word verse from Colors. I have a problem with that shit because to me, it's like. You're going to tell me that you having the other verse with him doing a verse from Colors is better than Colors. Because why the fuck else would I listen to Ice-T's verse from Colors on your fucking song instead of just listening to Colors? Unless you're telling me that his fuck, your song is better. You did a better version of Colors that I should listen to that shit instead. Because, you know, you ain't going to listen to Colors and then that song because now you just heard the verse twice. So to me, I, I feel like you got to pick and choose if you're going to put them both on your playlist or something like that. Well, which one are you going to put? 
that clash of colors, you're going to put, like, oh, a verse from colors with a new game verse and a different beat. Get the fuck out of here. Again, it just it screams desperation. This whole album just screamed desperation. You want to hear some wild shit, that um, Black Thought album with uh, Danger Mouse producing it. Like, that. that's a wild-ass album. Black Thought is, is fucking nasty. And... You know, that that shit is, it takes you on a ride, that, that album. He's got some real good fucking production on it, and it, it it flows nice. You could really just leave that on. You know what I mean? I, I think that's a good one. Um, Danny DeMano stealing heat. This is, this is some shit that happens way too often in wrestling, and the guys who do it got to stop getting credit for giving credit so to speak, you know, so basically like a main event happens, guys tear it up, but isn't that what they're getting paid for though? Isn't that why you put them in the main event though? Because they could tear it up and you paid them what you paid them as a main eventer because they could tear it up. Right. Isn't, isn't that the whole thing? Well, what, what's become the regular now is, well, Danny DeMano or DJ Hyde or Ian Rotten have to come out after the fucking match tell them on the mic how good that was. So now it becomes about you too. Like you put on this main event and now you're telling the guy he's really good despite the fact that he knows he just put on a great performance. His his opponent knows he put on a great performance. The crowd just knows he put on a great performance. But you've got to come out and say it. You can't just be clapping in the back, adding to the applause in the crowd. You gotta just be, you gotta be right there in the fucking ring as part of the fucking event. Part of the celebration's gotta be you in the middle of the crowd with the claps happening and the chants happening. And then you, you can bask in the glory of when they chant the name of your company, you're there to receive all of that applause and praise. It's sucker shit. It's, it's. It's a promoter who knows they can't get that reaction if they just went out there and wrestled a fucking match. And it applies to all three of these motherfuckers. Ian's gotten that reaction in the past. Danny maybe in, in some fucking capacity, but I, I mean, it was it was not the main event of some of these matches or, you know, these, these big matches that got those type of applauses that he interjected. It wasn't quite those reactions. And I just think it's shit. I think it's total shit when um, promoters do that. And they need to start getting called out for it. As soon as they grab the mic, and, and the one of the competitors should approach them, grab the mic and say, with all due respect, get the fuck out of my ring and let me have my moment. That's what they should say. Every fucking time until promoters stop doing that. Because they're putting themselves over. They're not putting the guy over. He just put himself over. He just fucking... He just did the actual work to be over. He didn't need you to come out and be like, everybody clap for this guy. If they're not already, it's not fucking good. It's not a good sign if they're not doing that already. So what the fuck are you there for? We know you like him. You booked him in the main event. Get the fuck out of here. Go pay him. It's just, I, I can't fucking stand it. And again, if you're trying to make it special for him, fucking make his check special make his fucking uh his envelope special when he gets to the back and be like i know i told you this but look that was fucking fantastic i'll tell you another hundred or something you know that's what you do but it's but it's not about them it's about you 
That's why you're there. So fuck you and everybody else like that. Um, bad online business. This is something uh, that's become more and more of a regular thing. Um, and I'm not going to put this, this current one on blast because so far they're doing very well for me. Or they're at least responding to it in a very uh, positive manner. But I ordered some, a product. And uh, the website says three to five days shipping. We don't ship on the weekends. We need our own days off as well. We're a small business, and bear with us, but three to five days, business days, will ship, right? So if you order on a Thursday, and then the whole next week you still don't even get a shipping notification, over the next weekend you should be starting to send them fucking emails and being like, yo, what's, what's up? You guys going to, like, ship the product? I mean, it's been over a week. You said three to five. You know what I mean? Now it's been six, seven. You know, if you count the Thursday I ordered at it, you definitely got the Friday, and you got Monday through Friday again. So that's that's at least a six six banger, and you told me three to five, so you're exceeding the entire thing. You, the high end of it you're exceeding already. And I haven't even received the shipping no- notification as in, like, today's the day, you know? So it's not like we're capping it that day. We're continuing days going forward. Um, so, you know, you email them, and then they're like, oh, okay, yeah. They don't even really respond to that. And then they, they invite you to a Facebook group because that's a new thing for these small businesses. They create a Facebook group. As soon as you place an order, they invite you to a group. More ads, more fucking talk, more this and that. But if they don't ship you your shit, you have a new platform to talk to them about it. So that part I like. So I post on their thing, hey, uh, how long before you guys actually ship the product? Be- you know, I just haven't heard anything from you guys, you know. Um, so he he comments on the thing, the owner. Um, oh, we're shipping that out to you today. Yours is going out today. Okay. About a half hour later, I get an email that says, uh, shipping label created, USPS waiting for product. That's what the tracking says. Okay? I'm an impatient motherfucker. So I check the shit again the next day. And it uh, still says, shipping label created, USPS is waiting for package. And I'm like, me too, motherfucker. So the next day, again, day three, shipping label created, USPS still waiting for item. Me too, motherfucker. So now I'm getting annoyed because he told me three days ago it's shipping today. They're still waiting for him to bring the item to him. So he just created a label on his computer to appease me, and we still ain't shipping a goddamn thing. Now I go and I take a picture of that. I screenshot that shit. And then I commented again with the screenshot and said, hey, so you really didn't ship it three days ago, but you did create a label. What's going on? Like, what's up? Like, two hours later, I got an update of my shipping. It shipped. And then I got my shit a couple days later. But what I'm saying is, is like, well, for starters, and and also, as, as I've uh, marked in the past, you know, during the time where I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, I got daily emails 
to order more of their products, more advertisements, more advertisements. I, I really think that there should be some kind of built-in thing. And I'm sure I'm not an internet savvy guy, but I'm sure if you're able to set up like, um, you know, getting people's, you know, informations and when you add them to the mailing list, I don't know if that's a manual thing or an automatic thing, but I would set it up for after the initial product ships. Because I really don't think you should be advertising to the people who haven't received your product the first time just yet. You know what I mean? I really think you should be advertising after you ship the first product, even if they didn't get the shit yet. They already got notification. Your shit's on the way. They might be getting excited, and now you start hitting them with some fucking emails, and they might go, you know what, I'm just going to order another one. Or I'm going to order that other flavor I was thinking of. I can't even wait for this. Shit is so exciting. It's kind of, it's on the way. But when you haven't even gotten it shipped to you yet, now you're almost needling them to get pissed off about the shit that you didn't even ship to them yet. So I think, to me, I think those early ads before you actually shipped your shit makes more of a negative impact than a positive impact. You know? Um, so I, I think they should do some kind of delay on that. And then once you've shipped your product game on for advertisement, and then maybe the next time they place an order, you do like a, like a mute. So like, yeah, okay, we don't add, we don't add to them this week. Next week we'll go back to advertising when we ship their product. There, there, there should be a system because I really, really think that would make a difference in, in the, um, the relationship between you and the customer because it doesn't just robot out to them like buy more shit buy more shit buy more shit i just bought more shit motherfucker like if you treated them for a second like they're your customer that bought something from you you know because then they're going to get they're going to get the product most likely in the product there's going to be another coupon for them to buy more product and then you're going to hit them with daily ads for more product and new products and but again i i think following suit in you know, the process, go through the process, ship out the fucking thing, and then you get to try to get more money for it. I don't know. I, I just think it's a silly fucking way to advertise, and I've seen more and more of that shit. So if you're a new upstarting business, that's from a consumer standpoint, I think that would be a better way to pitch your shit. Um, so I would recommend that if there's anyone listening that does some kind of small business or something, like create a good relationship with your fucking uh, consumers because... If you want them to buy, want them to buy, want them to buy, and they're the motherfucker who's going to immediately buy the shit, then you immediately send them the shit. You know? That goes for fucking wrestlers. That goes for all this shit because, you know, uh, I remember when Neil Diamond Cutter was beating my friend Jeremy. And, dude, oh, dude, can you do me a favor? You know, dude, I'm really hard. I mean, uh, I'm having a hard time. With my finances, I'm really hard up for money. You know, do, do you want to buy a shirt? Yeah, man. Fuck, I, I'll support you. You've always busted your ass in the ring. I'll buy a shirt from you or whatever. Thanks, man. I appreciate the support so much. Da, 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 da. Months go by. I never sends him the fucking shirt. Really, you want to take advantage of the one motherfucker that helped you? And I'm not saying only one person helped you, but you, you honestly, you want to take advantage of every motherfucker that's willing to help you? Do you think that's going to increase the amount of people who help you or decrease the amount of people who help you? All right. It's just self-awareness, you know. Take take some responsibility for your fucking actions. And if someone's willing to help you out, your fucking responsibility at that point 
or someone does business with you, your responsibility at that point is to close that fucking business, is to finish that fucking business the way you begged for it to be started. You begged for somebody to give you the chance on your fucking business, and when they did, you drug your fucking feet on giving them the product. That's disrespect. I stopped dealing with people like that. So I'll give you a second chance, but, you know, within reason. And this company, because I commented afterwards, because then once I set that up that way, other people were also waiting for their shit. So then they, they commented on my shit after I even got it. And they were like, did you ever get yours? And I'm like, yeah, I got mine, but they need to work on that shipping. And it's a good product, but they need to work on the shipping. The owner of that company tagged us in another post that he made earlier today and said, I'm sending both of y'all the new the new product before it even drops. Thank you for your you know, your comments and your contributions. Wow, that's that's the type of shit where like I'm mending fences with my consumer who I felt I didn't live up to their standards and otherwise really like my product, so why would I fucking why would I allow them to walk away disgruntled? You, you got to take care of your people. They, they're the ones who were helping to build your business. So I just had to just throw that out there because this shit seems like it's become more of the norm where, like, people are in a rush to get your money but in a fucking – in no hurry to get you your fucking product. You you can't fuck around. And I, I will put pressure on your motherfucking ass as soon as I send you my money. And the thing is, is you, again, set your standard. Remember I said, like, with the wrestling companies, you put on a bunch of good matches and shit, and then the next show isn't going to be so good, and people are mad. You can't call the fans, like, like they ain't shit, or, or, or it's their fault. You're the one to put on the fucking blockbuster show that they're not holding every show to the standard of. You know, you got to be ups and downs within reason, but you can't give them, like, a shindy show after you gave them a super card. You just can't, because you set that standard. Guy can't go to a war in one fucking match, and then the next match, uh, he just fucking dies in two moves, and, and fans are like, what the fuck? And he's like, what do you mean? You're not a wrestler. Like, oh, I, I mean, I saw you out there put on one of the greatest performances I've ever seen, and then the next match, you just fucking, nothing happened. You you can't tell me how to do my job. Uh, okay. Yeah, but But again, you set the standard. So again... On your website, you set your shipping dates. You can tell people, we're a small business, and it takes us 14 days before we ship. Now, you run the risk of people going, "That's t- I'm not waiting that long, and just not ordering. But that is honesty. So if it does take you that long, and someone places an order, they now can't be mad if it takes you seven days to ship it. You know? Because the thing is, is in the long run, these people said three to five business days for before we ship. That's how long it's going to take for us to get the order together, get the product together, whatever the fuck, and then we ship. Okay, three to five days. Five is the, five is the max. You said three to five. It was 11 when they actually shipped it. So, I, I mean, that's doubling your top number and adding another day on top of the, the doubling. So... You set that fucking day. You could say again, oh, it's going to take me eight days. Well, okay, well, you know, or it takes five to seven days. Well, you just bought yourself another fucking day. Because now five to seven, 
that buys you a whole nother fucking weekend and a Monday. So if you wanted to crush on that shit, or Monday and Tuesday. So if someone ordered on a fucking Monday, they don't even get to really panic until the following Wednesday. Not the next Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. Gives you a lot of time to get that product out. If you say three to five, it's three to five. Get that shit hopping. So, and you better be aiming for the three. Because then if you fall short, you still can try to hit that five. You know, the ideal thing is to be hitting that three every fucking time. So if any kind of hiccups happen, you're hitting the five. You know? Yeah. Um, let me see. I got um other topics given to me. Um, let me see. Got to pull up that message. All right. Uh, I hit this CZWTOD. Uh, H2O and the Danny versus Tremont gimmick. Who gives a fuck about a Danny DeMano feud with anybody? So Danny DeMano is going to go work a match on Monday is what you're telling me? That That's what that is. They square off in the ring. It's the two of us owners. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, I guess so, but this isn't, <laughs> this isn't exactly Zandig versus Ian. That's for fucking sure. Um, Tremont, obviously very legit, but also very broken. His best days are far, far behind him. And um, Danny DeMano has never had best days. Um, yeah, it's, no one gives a fuck about this. Muffins will be there clapping his ass off, probably interfere in the match. Who gives a fuck outside of that? Um, Dan O'Hare retiring. Um, I did not know that that didn't happen a long time ago. I stopped hearing about him for a while. I thought he had he had improved. Um, we had had a couple little interactions. At first, it was very negative. We ended up being on... A, pretty good terms after that and uh i thought he was a really good dude um slack also reassured me of that um but you know I, I saw a lot out of him for a bit and then he just disappeared so i i don't know i mean him retiring just now is is surprising to me because i thought that was done already uh trump being raided and the findings of documents he had I mean, Trump's been on some shady shit from the start. I'm not a Trump guy. I've never, never been. Um, he's been on some shady shit from the start. I, I don't know what the repercussions are for this. I really think that it should be jail. I'm not just being like a nut. Um, no, lock him up. You know, but um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you took some shit out of the fucking White House, like classified shit that wasn't supposed to be like a fucking go-home present, like, if this wasn't a party favor, when you went home from the fucking White House, I wasn't supposed to get in the car with you, you know? If that's the case, if that's what we're talking about, then that's fucking time, right? I don't know. Um, it's just, you know, more more nutty shit out of that guy. I, uh, You know, then that's the thing, too. As far as the Trump-Biden, I'm not a Biden fan. I voted for Biden. Because I just needed this Trump shit to end. I thought he was better than fucking Trump. He's not out of his fucking mind like Trump. 
he's an old fucking senile man who barely knows where the fuck he is right now. But hey, man, that that's that's what we were willing to take over Trump because he was that fucking crazy. He was that fucking shot out of a can, arguing with people on Twitter, threatening people in other countries, and and igniting the racism and violence in the country, and just just fucking being arrogant about the whole thing, just just being real fucking just ignorant. Just top to bottom, like, the way that he would talk was just like a drunk at the bar. What are you going to fucking do about it? We've got the most powerful country in the world, and I'll just, I've done things better than you've ever done. And it's like, what the fuck is, this is the president? This is crazy shit, bro. And then there's, like, 18,000 fucking rednecks that are just like, you're goddamn right he did. And it's like, you don't even know what the fuck he was talking about, because... <laughs> I, I, it's just, it's wild. Um, but yeah, I'm not like a Biden fan, you know. I don't have a Biden hat. I don't have a Biden bumper sticker or a flag in my yard. I have a Niner flag in my yard. I support the Niners like motherfuckers support Trump. And I think they would think that that's crazy. Because they'd be like, how could you support a football team more than the greatest person at all time? But I don't think that's a fact, man. I think... This motherfucker's crazy. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I've never seen fandom over a president. That's the other thing that I think should worry people more than it makes people proud. Like, nobody's ever been a fan of a president like this. This is some weirdo shit. Um, so, yeah, it's just more the same. I don't know if, if he keeps dodging these fucking bullets or he's not getting... In some severe fucking trouble. They ordered him to fucking give up his taxes forever. He finally fucking did after dodging the shit out of that. I don't know if they found nothing. I don't know if he paid somebody off. I don't know what the fuck. But, I don't know. I don't follow this shit too much because you'll notice the people that follow it the most get really fucking sad with their life. Like, they start getting mad about that shit all day, every day. And I just, like, I like so much of fucking regular life, like, like the fucking plants and the trees and the animals and the, my family and my job. Like, I just, like, all the things that go on with my world here, I just enjoy it so much to, to consume myself with things that I really don't have a shitload of control over. Again, you could, you could vote and that's going to be what it's going to be, your little, you know, spit in the bucket. It's just, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see why I should consume myself with those type of things. Uh, video games? Do I play? Am I playing? Uh, what am I playing? Um, yes and no. Um, I, most video games have gotten too hard for me. I'm I'm an old man now, so I can't keep up with these goddamn kids. But no, um. You know, like, I used to like the Call of Duty games, but I wasn't really, like, a, I wasn't top-notch Call of Duty guy. I was never, I mean, I won a couple of games. Like, I won a couple of online games, but I'd win, like, two out of fucking 25 if I was lucky. You know what I mean? In in a, you know, team deathmatch or some shit like this. Like, I wasn't, yeah, but it wouldn't be when the best fucking players were in the lobby any time. 
but I enjoyed playing it. You know, like you'd die a bunch, you'd win a bunch, and sometimes your wins are a lot more than your losses, and oh, shit, I had a good one. But I enjoyed playing it, and I felt like I stood a chance, like I, I at least knew what I was doing, and shit started getting more and more complex. I, I remember back to, I forget what Call of Duty it was, but all of a sudden you had like rocket packs and you could run on walls and shit, and I was like, I am fucking lost. I am terrible at this fucking game, and I, motherfuckers are shooting me out of the fucking sky. I'm fucked. Um, and, and, you know, the thing is, is, you know, for the past 21 years, I've worked six days a week. So I only have, like, a few hours at night and one day off. And a family and shit to do, too, you know. So I, I, I don't have, like a ton of hours to throw at the game. So if I can't pick it up and play and be, like, somewhat competitive, I don't expect to rule because, again, the the um, the pool that I'm up against is the people, the kids who've been spending all summer playing nothing but this fucking game, the kids who do nothing but play this game the second they get out of fucking school until they go to sleep with dinner break, if, if that, in between, they might be biting fucking pizza while they're playing a the game. You know, I don't stand a chance against those fucking kids. So the more discouraging it gets where I just can't even fucking, like, I, I could barely even start playing, and I'm just done. Like, they're just destroying me, and they, it just, it turns me off. I like those two Star Wars Battlefront games. I used to play those a bunch. Um, still have them, but those were fun. I was a little competitive with those at times, too. Like, if I plugged them in now, I'd have to play for fucking two months just to get competitive again. Um, but I like those. Um, I love fighting games like Tekken and Soul Calibur. I'll rock on those shits. Any fucking version of those two games, I'm on it. I, I could fucking, I could play. Um, Madden, I, I play the shit out. The, the thing I play more than anything is Madden. Um... Right now, I'm I'm getting better at it. Uh, you know, every new version, I kind of have to adjust my game and kind of get used to it a little bit. I had, like, a really good run. I was up at least, like, five games above 500, and now I'm, like, fucking at least three or four under 500. I think I'm, like, fucking 19 and 25 or 19 and 23 or some shit like that. Um, so I'm battling back up. I think I was one and one yesterday when I played, uh, something like that. But, yeah, I, I enjoy that. Um, I've been rolling through a couple games. Uh, I got the game fly again. So, um, yeah, we play Mario Kart outside. We play Mario Kart inside. Uh, Mario Baseball is like, they need to make another one of those because that is one of the greatest fucking games ever. Uh, Mario Super Sluggers, and uh, that that shit is fucking awesome. We play that shit as a family, and we'll have like we'll we'll alternate innings two on two. And that shit is so much fun, so much fun. There's a ton of fucking characters. They need to make another one of those like fucking ASAP for the Switch. Um, but yeah, uh, the latest games we rented were the um, the the newer Kirby. That's pretty dope. Um, I like how you take shape of all that different shit. That's always cool. Um, you know, makes it 
makes it real innovative. You know, you can do a lot of shit with a game when shit like that happens. Uh, we just read the, because um, we had the two, um, that uh, superhero pets movie at a game. I didn't even realize it was a flying game, so that's going back. I don't really like flying games that much. Um, we got, you know, it was dope on um, on the Switch. We got um, Cuphead. That's a dope fucking game. It's hard as shit, but it's dope. The fucking graphics are so cool. To me, that, like, the animation on that shit is just fucking awesome. Like, I, I think that's, like, a real, real cool concept. And, um, yeah, if you can if you can get your skills up in that game, which, man, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of amateur, novice. But, um, that, that's a cool-ass game. I think that's a real cool game. Um, I got the, uh, what is it, um, Warner Brothers DC fucking, uh, Multiverse downloaded on my PlayStation 2. That's like, uh, well, PlayStation 4, but also I meant, um, that's like, uh, Super Smash Brothers, but it's got, like, fucking Scooby-Doo or, or Shaggy, uh, some DC characters, some Looney Tunes. Um, I think they just put Striper. They're about to put Stripe the Gremlin in there, which obviously drew me. They got Tom and Jerry. Um, bunch of shit. They're supposed to add, like, a lot of different uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, a bunch of characters, like, a bunch of wild different characters. It's a free download, and then I'm sure they're going to charge you for different characters at, at times and shit, so... But, it, you know, if you like Super Smash Brothers, it's it's kind of like that. I've never been a really big Super Smash Brothers cat, but, you know, again, free game. I, I downloaded that shit, I think, when I had COVID. And, um, yeah, fun enough for, for that Super Smash Brothers type game. It's pretty much the same shit. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, like, the, the most of what I could tell you on the video game side of things. Um Dark side of comedy. Any episodes I've seen? Thank you for this fucking question, John. I uh, didn't know this existed until you typed that. Last night I looked up Dice. They had a Dice episode. Um, I'm only going to watch one more of these things, and it's going to be the arty one that it's next week. These people can suck my motherfucking dick. They... This whole documentary is like if Karen watched a Dice special. That's what this whole fucking thing is. He, they're, they're billing him like he's the fucking leader of the Ku Klux Klan. Like, he, he, he may or may not have been part of the violence. He may or may not have contributed to the violence in New York. We're not really sure about that, but all the racism that happened in New York between this time and this time could have been Dice's fault. And you're like, what the fuck? Um, you know, Dice was so clearly a character. He's a Jewish guy. And they even outlined how he he did this character. He did Jerry Lewis. He did um, He did Elvis. He did, you know, all these different things. And a John Travolta. But when he did Dice, they just pinned him as the leader of a, a terrible movement. Now, I'll tell you for sure, um, there were portions of that audience that even on their, their little uh, Karen, Karen documentary, 
like, yo, those people, no question in my mind, like, when he said, uh, if you can't speak English, get out of the fucking country, you know, like, they should be assigned at the fucking airport, you know, like, look, I don't fucking co-sign that, for me, Dice wasn't, like, how I felt, to me, Dice was, like, when you had that guy that went so over the top with his ignorance and arrogance and this guy just walked in with the shit you just don't say. He was saying the shit you just don't say. Not the shit that you want to say or not the shit you believe in. That wasn't really, to me, that wasn't Dice. I felt like that's what Dice was. Dice was, I say the shit you're not supposed to say for a reason and listen to how it sounds when shouted at you. And and a lot of that shit was funny for that same type of reason. Like, you know, they used to have Daniel Carver on the Howard Stern show. The reason they had him on the show was not because they agreed with him, because the shit he was saying was so fucking off the wall that it was hilarious to have him there. At that point, he was part of the joke. He was the joke. He was the butt of the joke. He was the punchline. Dice's character in itself was the punchline. So I told this bitch, you know, and you're just like this fucking guy. Like no one, like you wouldn't go home and talk to your wife like that. That wouldn't give you green light. Like when I go home tonight, I'm gonna do what Dice does. You go, imagine if I fucking spoke to a woman the way Dice says he speaks to women. Like, that was the irony of the whole thing to me, was where you just went, like, imagine if you fucking talked like this guy. Like, holy shit. You know? And, but again, like, when he said that fucking line about the you should have the sign at the airport... You saw a guy pumping his fist so fast that if the guy in front of him leaned back for a second, he would have got knocked the fuck out. Because this dude was doing like a fucking, like, Arsenio Hall show on meth. Like, he was so fucking amped up at that statement. But, look, you can't filter your audience. You can't, um, the same way you can't filter any, any kind of, you can't go, I didn't mean that. You you got it. Don't take it seriously or whatever. Like there are some comedians now that will go settle down, Roscoe. We didn't. We weren't trying to give you permission for anything. I was joking. You know, some people will hit hit the brakes and and make their audience part of the joke now. Where at the time he was selling out Madison Square Garden, saying the shit he was saying. Dice always had this tunnel vision to do what the fuck he was going to do and how the crowd reacted to the fucking thing was their problem. If someone was outraged in the building, if someone was so fired up they thought he was speaking their fucking anthem, or if someone was dying laughing, Dice was doing Dice and there was no maybes about it. He, He, you know, he would always say that type of shit too, like, Nobody fucks me. I do the fucking, you know, like, you're not going to control how he said He's this dominant force on the stage. That's just what he was going to do. He wasn't going to sell out Madison Square Garden and fucking shoot his eyes around the fucking stadium and go, oh, is anyone here offended or is anyone a little too excited? Should I pump my brakes on this material? He was all fucking gas and no brakes. And that's what got him the fucking money. 
like I said with Eminem, might not have been the type of fucking thing you wanted him to be doing. Might not have fitted into your into your uh, your agenda, or might not have fit into your narrative as far as being uh, PC or being this or being that. But his fucking shit made fucking money. Him doing what he did. Um, you know, and Dice is a genius as far as a, a comedy, uh, as far as as comedy goes. Because I saw him right before COVID, and that was the first time I ever saw Dice live. Um, you know, I grew up listening to him. I, you know, I would sneak sneak Dice's fucking cassette tapes in a fucking Walkman under my fucking blanket and be listening to it on the fucking headphones because if I got caught listening to shit with the shit he was saying, I wouldn't have been allowed to listen to that. I was like fucking thirteen years old or something, you know. It was insane to me. But again, it didn't... I, my young fucking mind didn't grow up racist because Dice said all the shit he said. The shit he said didn't make me hate gay people. The shit he said didn't make me anything. Didn't make me a fucking thing. It helped to make me a fan of comedy. But you're not supposed to take anything that these people are saying in the realm of comedy as pure gospel. They're going to hit some points. You'll be like, oh, you got a fucking point on that one. But, I mean, you should be a responsible enough adult to not be saying that when all he said was something racist. You know, that's that's always going to separate who the fucking problems are is the person who actually feels that way. And that's always going to be the problem regardless of anything. You have to address the people who really feel that way, who really have those bad intentions, who really have those negative thoughts and that hate hate in their heart. And if they have that hate in their heart and they're putting that forth, to me, that's that's what we need to address. Not the person who said something that resembled the guy who actually felt that. Because that isn't the problem. The problem is the people who take action the problem is people who actually feel that way, who have the hate in their heart. And it's hard to make those people the minority the way that they belong to be. They need to be the few. And and you know that right now as a society, we far outweigh those, those flat-out bigots. But who just said a word, but have no ill will, have no hatred, have no... But because the sentence that they said resembles that of those with hatred, you're putting them in the same box. You're growing their group when that's not, that's not what their group is. That person you're putting in their group does not believe in their actual movement. They don't believe in their actual hatred. But you're adding to their group for the sake of you saying, that, no, I've deemed them this. Okay, well, that hurts your cause. Because now we have to separate the actual action from the uh, from the person who's just saying this or saying that. We have to be able to get rid of the people who are actually doing the things. But if you fall flat trying to get rid of the people who are just saying something, who are just comedically saying something, it's just going to be so much harder to get your movement going for getting rid of the person that's actually doing something. They, uh, you know, uh, society has created this thing where we're just going to get rid of all of them. You're really not. 
you're really not. You're not actually going to get rid of bullying when you tell somebody they looked at you the wrong way and that's bullying. You're just broadening your your range as far as what you're considering bullying. doesn't mean you're stopping the actual bullying. Um, so it, it's just weird. Um, but, yeah, um trying to see what else. If I got anything else, um, I'm really, really, really fucking hyped for football season. I got this screen outside, so night games are going to go fucking down when it comes to this shit. Um, I have a a sunscreen that I'm going to try to uh, put up as, like, a temporary thing. Um, So, like, if it blocks enough sun, because that corner where I have my projector is shaded enough where I think maybe this sunscreen will block enough of the sun from the projector where I can have daytime shit go on. And if I can have daytime shit go on, it's NFL red zone, 1 o'clock, motherfucking, yo, shit is going down. Only thing is I'm going to have to still, I think, keep, for the most part, my Niner games inside. I just, I yell at my fucking TV like a psycho, and I feel like, if I do that outside, I'm going to have to speak to the police during the course of my game, and I don't want to speak to the police during the course of the game. You know? I, I don't want to have to do that. Like, they're going to be like, where is where is this, uh, who are you calling a cunt? Like, who, who are you screaming cunt at? And it's like, well, the Seahawks, clearly. <laughs> and, uh, I don't I don't see what the problem is here. So well the thing is is the entire neighborhood thinks that you're yelling at your wife and um they were kinda concerned. Oh well no no. I'm not married to any of the Seahawks. However, they are all cunts and um plan on referring to them as that for the next two quarters and I, I don't know how to remedy your situation, sir. Uh so I think inside is the best place for a Niner game consumption. So I'm going to see what I could do there. I, I may I may take um, week three we play um, Denver outside. Or not outside. At night. <laughs> Motherfucker, outside. The, most of them are outside. Spoiler alert on the NFL season. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, we're going to play uh, Denver week three Monday night football. So I might Monday night football that shit outside. Um, although playing Russell Wilson is going to get, oh my God, that's going to be, that's going to be different. You know, playing him in orange, but that'll be the only time we play him. By then we could be on a two week streak too. I'm going to be shot out of a fucking cannon. There's, there's not going to be any stopping me by week three. I don't think week one, we play the fucking bears. They're in for fucking trouble. That team is not in good shape. Their offensive line is, is Swiss cheese. They had fucking uh, Justin Fields running for his life in preseason um, during the season when we have Nick fucking Boza. We have fucking um, Javon Kinlaw looking fucking shredded. He is a monster of a fucking person, and he just shredded He just shredded his fucking body. He took all the fat off his body, and now he's faster than ever, and he was a menace in fucking preseason. Um, you got Eric Armstead who, when the rest of the line is firing on all cylinders, Armstead is, like, that extra guy that you just can't compensate for. He had his best season when Boza had his best season. When Boza was healthy, Armstead had his best season. When Boza's out, Armstead disappears. 
That's just generally what happens with Armstead. And then on the other side of the line, you got Drake Jackson, the rookie, who has great fucking edge moves. So you got Boza on one side of the line, Kinlaw and Armstead in the middle, and fucking Drake Jackson trying to make rookie fucking waves on the other side of the line. Our linebacking core is fucking Fred Warner, Aziz, and fucking uh, Aziz Al-Shair, and fucking Drake Greenlaw. You know what I mean? We got Mooney Ward back at fucking cornerback now. He was one of the best corners in the league last year. We went and got him. Hufunga at safety is going to be fucking insane. He's really taking shape back there. So, you know, this is going to be our defensive squad that we're hitting the fucking Bears with. And then week two, we got Seattle without Russell Wilson. Geno fucking Smith is going to be the guy up against defense. And then week three, we got Russ and the fucking Broncos. That's going to be a fucking game. But I think we're going to get a good amount of momentum leading into that game. I feel like Trey should have a very good fucking first two-game start out of that. And I hope Russell didn't didn't get any chemistry together yet. He's he's still working on really clicking with the new team. He spent his whole career with Seattle, different organization, new coaching, new everything. Um, I I hope that he's just not ready yet. And that that Niner team with two wins under their belt rolls in to fucking Denver and and puts a fucking beating on them and and puts the whole fucking NFL on notice. Oh shit, these Niners aren't just beating the fucking Bears and Seahawks. Watch the fuck out. Um so there's that. Um Let me see. I know Jeff told me something, but I don't know. I'm trying to find it. Sometimes when people send me topics and then we talk for another 3 days, now I can't find any topics. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought I covered pretty much everything. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that I missed um, that he that he had in there. I'm trying to scroll back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eminem, the game, did that. Uh, Chiefs winning, winning the Super Bowl again this year. That's, that's just not going to happen. So that's like me talking about, you know, the sky fucking raining Skittles like in the commercial. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not something that's actually going to happen, so I'm not going to talk about something that's fucking impossible. The Chiefs are lucky if they make the playoffs this year. Um, not even saying that because I think the Chiefs are going to be really terrible. I just think their division is going to be so goddamn strong. The Raiders are drastically improved. The Broncos are drastically improved. And the fucking Chargers are drastically improved. They've all added major, major pieces. And the Chiefs lost Hill. They got Schuster, but I don't think Schuster can do anything close to what Hill's done. I don't know if they got a young guy that could fill Hill's shoes that quick, but I don't think the Chiefs have done anything to actually get better. So I can't imagine a world where, unless Russ doesn't click there, I can't imagine a world where the the Chiefs don't wind up fourth in that division. And then at that point, do they make the fucking wild card? It's going to be hard because I think the other two teams in that division do make wild card. So you got one wild card spot. So does that division claim every wild card spot? Or does one other division 
pull one wild card spot, just knocking the Chiefs out of the playoffs. I think that's a very real possibility. I don't think they're the team they were. I don't think the the firepower is strong. And to have that type of firepower in your division, believe me when I say it, because our division was that, like, last year. And we we didn't win our division, but we got into the wild card and, you know. um, Yeah, so, I, I mean... It's going to be tough for them. It's going to be really, really tough for them, and I and I sure as fuck wouldn't be too confident about like a Super Bowl or anything like that. Um, and he said uh, remaking classic movies too. Uh, he said they're remaking Roadhouse, and I'm not that big of a movie guy, so I, I really can't speak on things unless they re- start redoing stuff that I'm super into. Like Gremlins has been a long rumored thing, so we'll see when that eventually happens. Uh, if, if it's something up to my approval, uh, you know, I just spoke on the Jurassic Park thing last week because every time they rehash that, it's going to be a little bit more of a, okay, well, now what do they do, whatever. It's not quite the same as remaking movies, but, you know, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it, just, it has to be something near and dear to me for me to even give a fuck. I mean, a lot of times they run out of ideas and... I mean, I talked on the, the last show about the, just the lazy writing when it came down to even the Jurassic Park. So that tells you in itself that, like, even writing-wise, like, they they do some of, okay, we have a storyline, we have some, and then some writer has a dumbass idea and fucking ruins the whole thing. So it's it's hard enough, and if they could just kind of like, hey, remember that, that movie from back then? That was good. People like that. Yeah, that was good. Let's do fucking all new graphics, new cast, new this, new that. Make it all really fucking new and fancy. And and sometimes it lands and sometimes it doesn't. But not everything should be remade. That's for fucking sure. And uh, just people are going to try, though, you know? Like they say, you throw enough shit against the wall, something's going to stick. So that's just what they're going to do. That's what Hollywood's going to do over and over again because they're out of ideas and even the ones they have suck half the time. So... You know, like I said, I'm not a movie guy, so unless it hits uh, close to home, generally Muppets, uh, Gremlins, uh, you know, I don't really have a lot of other, like, near and dears, you know? Those are, those are my major, major, major things that I would be offended by them ruining. Uh, Star Wars, you know, I, I grew up a Star Wars guy. When they, they redid these this whole, like, late series type shit, it wasn't... Mostly not for me at all. I like the first trilogy way better than anything they've done since. Um, the new, new ones I really don't like because they just went, like, weird, like, emo villains and shit. And I'm like, eh, nope. Um, so, yeah, it, it just depends. But, um, yeah, I think that's all I got. I did another fucking just about two hours. Hope this one didn't blow because, I, you know, I, I tacked this on to the other one. Uh, you know, from the other day. So it's like, you know, it's it's a bonus episode at the very least. And uh, like I said, I hope you motherfuckers enjoy. Um, speaking of rap, too, just one more thing. Um, new Ferris Blues are coming out soon. Uh, he just posted the album's done. So we got some more shit to look forward to if you like Ferris Blues. I've been putting him on a lot, you know, in the past. And, uh, you know, check that out. But, yeah, um... I'll, uh, I'm going to try to get one in next week. Um, this has also been working because 
tonight and Monday were the first nights that I've done this show without Nina being home. Because usually I'm like, you know, well, if she's out there, if the kids need something, they can go to her and whatever. But, you know, I've been doing that for a long, long time. And, like, <laughs> my oldest is going to be 19 in, uh, on Monday. And um, my youngest are going to be 13 next month. So it's not a matter of them not being able to handle themselves or anything, but I always just I just always want to be available for them as long as I'm home. But it it's really as easy as just saying, All right girls, you know, do this, do that, got that together, okay, cool, um, going to do the podcast and it's easy enough to do. So, um I can knock out like a two hour join or whatever without it being like a big deal. Um so I accomplished that Monday and today, so I think it opens me up a lot more instead of trying to fit. Because that's for a while I was doing, especially since Nina started her new job um, at North Star. She works at an emergency vet, so now she works four nights a week. So the nights that she's off are just, I mean, it, there's three nights, you know, four, four on, if you know the, the days of the week. It leaves us with three. Uh, one of them is my day off, and everybody should know I don't like doing shows on Sunday. I just haven't, like, even when I plan, I'm like, oh, I got Sunday off. I could do it sometime during the day. I just get caught up in shit, and then it feels starts feeling like a task. Like, fuck, I got to tie myself to the fucking mic. And then I'm like, eh, let's just not. And then I wind up skipping it. So then that, that narrows me down to two nights a week. And then it's like, what? that's my time with her. Uh, that's my time if we have to go run to the stores and do things, if we have anything that, you know, I need her help doing and we do together, whatever. Like, so then the, those nights don't always work great either, and then I'm on to the next week and stuff. So now that I kind of open the doors for me doing this on any given night, minus those nights, really, I, I have a lot more uh, possibilities of doing this show a lot more often. And, 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 again, you know, it comes down to topics and impulses and and the want to do it. So we'll see what goes on next week. I know after that, you know, I'll definitely have a lot of NFL shit to talk about, but I try to separate that. I try to keep that in its own box because it doesn't really hold up. You can't listen to a show about this season two years from now because you'd be like, who gives a fuck what he thought about the week that happened three and a half fucking years ago? Like, why am I going to listen to that again? I mean, other than to just call me an asshole because I was wrong about all the picks I made, but like, you know, just doesn't hold up as long. So, uh, or maybe this doesn't either. Who fucking knows? But, um, yeah, so I'll talk to you motherfuckers next week. If I got enough topics, I just did two, so hit me up with them. You know what I mean? You want to hear another show next week? Fucking load me with fucking topics. And, uh, hopefully towards the middle or end of next week, I'll throw down another one. Then after that, you know, I got a big week ahead of me because that's, uh, like I was telling you, I got the opening NFL week, which is huge, huge for me. But then later in that week, I got the fucking colonoscopy, and that's fucking scary business. So we'll uh, definitely talk at some point about what goes on there, or at least what I find out, so I uh, could uh, kind of steer my whole shit back on the road. I mean, I got all my strength back. You know, after the COVID, I was really... Um, like weak and I just couldn't hit my full strength but I've been you know more and more in my gym lately and I'm definitely strong as fuck again I mean for me I'm not you know trying to put myself on any kind of pedestal but for myself I'm I'm up towards the you know peak of my strength so happy about that going forward 
take care of myself, do all the shit I'm doing. And, yeah, like I said, I'm babbling at this point. Uh, hit me up. Talk to you motherfuckers next week. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like, Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it. I me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Kick Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm gonna tell you something, sir, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.